0: Your finger in my ring And say the pledge
1: From Rocky IV To Napoleon Dynamite No movie shall escape my sight Beware my spoilers Green Lantern shite
0: Welcome to Diabolical The show where four long-suffering friends Dissect film's most dastardly schemes Then try to improve them I'm your host, Adam, a.k.a. The Cinemaster, and this week's film is 2011's Green Lantern. So, dear listeners, speak the oath and wear a dodgy CGI costume. And let's get diabolical. Greetings and welcome to this week's pod. Joining me as usual are my friends and fellow podcasters, in their guise as the Panel of Peril. So, my friends, please introduce yourselves and tell us, what is your favourite film that failed to meet expectations?
2: Hi, everyone. It's Craig here. My favourite film that failed to meet expectations is The Matrix Reloaded. Mm. I think expectations were high. Yes, it's definitely had some bad views, and I personally love it.
0: Yeah. Is it a film you love despite its flaws? Yeah, I can see some of the flaws in it. That certainly is a hot potato.
1: Yeah. A steaming tamale.
0: Yes. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Hi, Ben here, and the film that I love, despite its many flaws, is something we've covered before on the podcast. It's *Gentlemen Bronco's. Directed by Jared Hess.
0: I thought you might say that. Yes, yes, yes. good. Yes. If you episode. want to hear
1: that, power pals, go back to episode 46.
0: Oh, perfect. Abysmo, mate. You are the king of links today. Thank you very much. <laughs> and last, certainly, but not least, Gaz.
3: Hi, gang. Gaz here. And my film <laughs> that I like, I wouldn't say love, that failed to meet expectations is Christopher Nolan's The Dark Knight Rises, oh. because I think expectations were sky high after The Dark Knight, and realistically it was never going to never gonna meet them, and mm. indeed
0: right. it does not. It's a tough act to follow, isn't it, yeah? Oh, yeah. I really like it, though. Yeah, so do I. Yeah, so do I. What
2: works in it works brilliantly.
0: Yeah, I watched it long after we did The Dark Knight, and I was like, oh, it is good. Yeah. Especially Marion Coulthard in it as well. She's superb.
2: Yeah, I don't know, though. I think her character's a little bit underbaked. Do you think? Mm. Yeah. Like mm. so much in the film.
1: It's not a bad sequel. For you.
2: Yes. Yeah. Anne Hathaway, on the other hand, was a bit of a revelation for me in that her ability to turn on a dime pretending to be the victim and then mm. click of a finger becoming the old yeah. school Catwoman. Mm. I thought that was great.
0: Yeah, I tell you what, that was a role that I was very... You were nearly casting.
1: <laughs> <laughs> he got to the last two. He lost out to Hathaway. Yeah. Well,
0: yeah. I I just didn't return the call in time. It was like um when Bill Murray didn't ring back for what what role was it? I can't
1: remember now. Suburban Commando? Suburban. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Imprisoned on a far-off planet, yet stumbled upon by beings far below its cosmic power. Yeah or may, bursts forth <laughs> from its crypt to take revenge on whichever films I'm about to mention. <laughs> so, chaps, can I have a yeah or may for the following films of 2011? Rise of the Planet of the Apes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's good, isn't it? Harry Potter and the Deathly Harrows, part two. Meh. (sighs) Never seen it. No? Part one, I thought was better. Thor.
1: Yeah. Um,
0: Yeah. um,
1: Meh. Ooh. Never seen it.
0: Never seen it. Okay, okay.
3: I like all the Thor films apart from number four. Number four is awful. Ah, it's atrocious. Ah. Mm. Super Eight.
2: Yeah. Uh, yeah, I quite like that, yeah.
1: Never seen it.
2: I think you'd really like Super 8, man. It's a J.J. Uh, Abrams, spielberg light kids doing stuff
0: at night film. It's a scary E.T. And, last of all, The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo. Yeah. Yeah. Of course. Yeah, it was all right. <laughs> of course, we've already covered The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo all the way back at episode 36. So if you haven't checked it out yet, it's an hour of your time well spent. Here, here. Are
1: you trying to usurp
0: me as King of the Lynx? <laughs> I'm trying, but I'm failing so far, do you mind? Keep on failing. Okay. Sorry, your your Majesty. <laughs> <laughs> Green Lantern is a DC comics film directed by Martin Campbell and stars Ryan Reynolds, Blake Lively, and Peter Sarsgaard. The film had a budget of approximately $200 million. What? The story follows Hal Jordan, (laughs) a cocky test pilot who becomes the first human Green Lantern after inheriting a powerful ring from an alien Green Lantern, Abin Sur. The ring grants Hal extraordinary powers and membership to the Green Lantern Corps, an intergalactic peacekeeping force. Hal must overcome his doubts and harness his willpower to confront Parallax, an ancient entity fueled by fear. At the box office, Green Lantern grossed around 219 million worldwide, which was below expectations given its substantial budget. Critically, the film received mixed reviews with criticism directed at its script, pacing and CGI. Due to its underperformance, the film didn't launch the intended franchise and plans for the sequels were scrapped it left a mixed legacy in the world of superhero cinema, serving as a cautionary tale about the challenges of adapting complex comic book lore to the big screen. Big budgets don't necessarily mean big returns. But what do we think? Craig? I'd not seen it. Yeah. And I'd heard, obviously...
2: Like the reviews and everything, everything's been like really negative about it. even Ryan Reynolds, yeah, when he talks about it, he talks about it with such disdain, and I can really see why it is fucking terrible) <laughs> <laughs> I was so violently bored throughout the whole thing. Yeah, a deathly dull, <laughs> you know, obvious, generic. Mm-hmm. The dad was wearing a T-shirt that says, "I'm going to die at the start. <laughs> uh, he was wearing um, a red Star Trek <laughs> uniform. Yeah. I couldn't believe yeah. it was Martin Campbell. Because yeah. there's no trace of him in it, which no people level that criticism at Marvel movies. And that's because the MCU is more like a TV series than it is like a movie series in that it's overseen by a showrunner. You know, Kevin Feige, who's very much given it a this is what a Marvel movie looks like. And this is the tone of it. Whereas this it wasn't really following anything. I guess it's following a little bit of Superman the movie. There's a few scenes that are reminiscent of that, and actually even the theme I found quite reminiscent of the Superman theme, which I thought was odd. Mm, Yeah, definitely. Terrible misstep for uh, James Newton Howard. A far cry from the Dark Knight. Mm. Peter Sarsgaard I really liked, uh, although Mm -hmm. I thought his makeup was stupid, but good. It was very good, but it was stupid. Mm -hmm. Like a Mm -hmm. bad design, well-realized. And there was just so much about it that I just thought, when I was Engaged enough to pay attention, I thought, <laughs> why did you not do this Because I just found it so fucking boring yeah yeah that was sure. that was my
0: main criticism of it yeah yeah so not for me I suspected as much and I think we'll yeah. probably have a similar thread running through this uh, particular episode We're gonna go for
1: Ben next, please well regular listeners of this show will know that the best way to lose me at the start of a film <laughs> is with a hefty, uninspired <laughs> exposition dump. <laughs> and this film delivers one of the worst oh. examples of that I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> My very first note says, the emerald energy of willpower, fuck off. Why did the <laughs> cinemaster pick this turd? <laughs> <laughs> and it never really recovered from that for me. The plot is just so convoluted and disjointed. Mm-hmm. They tried to shoehorn in like, exposition with every other line, it feels like the characters are really undeveloped and what development there is is, feels really cheap and unearned, I think. It's a shame because I think all the elements of a good story are in there somewhere. You just feel a bit mismanaged.
2: Yeah.
3: Yeah.
1: So, overall, I give it a why, why did you make me watch this out of five? (laughs) (laughs) I shall
2: reveal that shortly. Probably tons of studio meddling. I wonder if how heavily Jeff Johns was involved in this because I think it was based on some comics that Jeff Johns had done. And if you remember from mm. a previous episode, we all think Jeff Johns is a cunt. So,
3: <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, it doesn't. It it didn't bode well, did it? Really, if he was involved straight away, if the uh, warning flags are up. Gaz, dare I ask, are you just going to re- review it with one word like you sometimes do? <laughs> no. Oh, I wouldn't go as far as. Craig Orban
3: in my disdain for the film. I certainly will likely never watch it again. (laughs) But I think a lot of it did work for me. I like the villain, Parallax. Didn't like Hector Hammond, the the human lackey, but I liked Mm. Parallax. I liked his design. I initially wrote, he looks like a lame little nerd from Rick and Morty with his overbite. I agree to quite like (laughs) him, lame little nerd. The thing that really doesn't work about it for me is Ryan Reynolds. And thinking Mm. about it, Mm. I don't think I've ever enjoyed his performance in anything that I've seen him in. He's not a likable on-screen persona to me. He's got that sort of sarky college boy persona that he always seems to do on screen to me. And it really clashes with the earnest superhero stuff at the end. And the character Mm. just doesn't work as a result. It's uh, oil and water, those two halves of the persona.
2: He's only ever played Van Wilder, hasn't he? Even as like, yeah. Deadpool. Which yeah. that kind of works in Deadpool because he is kind of like that. Yeah. But yeah. Do, do you know what's always stuck with me is Blade Trinity when he calls that woman a cock juggling thunder cunt. Mm. And I think that he's never shaken <laughs> off that. that that's, that's just him forever now.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Which is yeah. weird because if you've watched him in the Welcome to Rex stuff, he's really earnest and seems like a really nice guy. Oh, yeah, he's a nice guy in real life, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he doesn't seem to play it. No. If he'd have played himself in Green Lantern, I think it'd have worked a lot better. If he was
0: Ryan Reynolds becomes the Green Lantern Hollywood actor. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, well, this is it. They went, oh, we're going to get Ryan Reynolds to play Green Lantern. Oh, he only plays this role where he's this cocky, cocksure arsehole Mm. that's always pulling women and, and doing what he wants. Hal Jordan is like that to be fair, but I think a lot of the dialogue was
2: probably improvised by Reynolds. Some of it was funny. I like, yeah. well, we got favorite yeah, later, we'll get to favourite lines later, Yeah, we get to lines in a bit. Yeah,
3: yeah. yeah I've just seen a, a humorous note that I've written that simply says, <laughs> Hal's dad heroically tries to kill as many people as he can before turning into a flaming <laughs> ball of shit. <laughs> yeah,
0: exactly. I, I know I, I've got a similar note The saying, why would he crash it into all the people? It's crazy, isn't it? (laughs) Absolutely batshit crazy.
1: But Why is this photo everywhere Ryan Reynolds looks? Every time Ryan Reynolds turns, (laughs) his dad's photo's (laughs) there. He just turns, oh shit, there's another picture of my dad.
2: (laughs) One of all the things in this film to complain about, I think it's very obvious what's happening in that airplane crash scene is that he's trying to give the crowd a show. Mm. He wants the plane to (laughs) explode right over them so they get their money's worth
3: like fireworks yeah. i remember those fourth degree bins for the rest of their life <laughs>
0: <laughs> well as for me like i said at the start it is my favorite failed movie because i can see the potential there it's like watching uh, like a rocket taking off you see everything's firing up and it's all going and then just before it takes off it just keels over and explodes and you're like Oh, shit. Well, if actually the film exploded, that would be actually more entertaining than most of the film, to be honest.
2: But you missed the rocket exploding because you turned to watch your spouse paint in a wall and then you saw the paint dry.
0: Or I saw a picture of my dad who crashed a plane on the, on the wall and had to stare at him lovingly for about five seconds and turn around, oh, it's gone.
2: <laughs> I kind of get where Gaz is coming from in that I didn't think anything about this was spectacularly awful. Mm. It was just boring. Nothing about it clicked for me. I didn't care about the characters. I couldn't engage with it because it was just kind of
0: a mess. That's how I feel about it as well. It's all the elements were there. It was just like a big gumbo yeah. of all these different elements, and like it's like putting tires in with scallops and mussels, and then George chucking a few pieces of wood. <laughs> I'm not
1: coming to yours for dinner.
2: There's so <laughs> many like stupid illogical moments in it as well. Yeah, like uh, we were talking about the plane crash. There, how come he? A small child is left to run towards a burning wreckage. Nobody stops him. Yeah,
0: there's there's absolutely no way that happened. <laughs> but you can suspend that disbelief because it's it's yeah. it's the movies and it's so.
3: It's the movies, baby. <laughs> yeah,
0: there, this it's not the first film where we've re- reviewed stuff and it's absolutely batshit crazy, is it? Mm. Yeah, I would forgive it if it was fun or emotional, but it was just kind of stupid. Exactly. There's has got to be a redeeming quality at the end there other than it being it almost could have been a really good movie which isn't a redeeming quality as far as i'm concerned right yeah it does have the elements in there but it's not enough for me and i do i have watched it quite a few times every so often i go oh maybe it's not as bad as i remember it is so i watch it and i'll be like yeah it is it really is i
2: think you must be the only person who's watched it multiple times i bought the dvd never seen anybody talk about it in favorable terms before
1: no no, I think the thing about it is, is that they tried to put in so much. Yeah, exactly. They didn't dedicate the time to the to the bits that really mattered. Yeah. And that's why everything just felt unearned. So you're saying you want an extended director's
3: cut. Is that what you're saying, Ben? Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah.
0: <laughs>
2: they set up too many plot threads for a sequel, didn't they, as part of it? So his girlfriend from Gossip Girl, who's now his wife, yeah, the love interest, Stevie. She she becomes Star <laughs> Sapphire, a purple kind of Green Lantern, and they were they were obviously she was heavily involved in it because they thought there was going to be a sequel, right? You see that mm-hmm. from the post credits thing. Yes, yeah. surprise, Sinestro, a guy yeah. called Sinestro who looks like a yeah. cartoon devil turns out to be a future villain. Yeah, so they set him up as the Yellow Lantern, and mm-hmm.
1: yeah, for no reason at all. Yeah, <laughs> yeah,
2: exactly. So yeah, I think the reason it feels bloated is because mm-hmm. they were trying to set up sequel in there as well.
0: Yeah, oh yeah. There was there was hope for that, but they didn't hand put the elements together. I just don't understand why Somebody hadn't at the editing stage and gone. God, what's going on here? Yeah, we've got so many subplots.
1: It's, it's insane.
0: Yeah, yeah, we've got this huge exposition of what the Green Lanterns are, and then Parallax coming back and all that. I like that bit, and I like the Parallax. I think he's a good enemy. I think he's the wrong enemy for this film.
2: I was surprised to hear you say that.
0: I really like Parallax. I like the the power okay. of fear, you know, and things like that. And then him just being this menace throughout. I like how alien he is.
2: Yeah. Hector seemed like a much more interesting villain to me because on the face of it, he's the most moral kind of character in it before his Mm. turn. You know, his dad's a piece of shit. Yeah, yeah. And I'm not surprised he wanted to kill him. Mm. He's the only one kind of questioning (laughs) the military murder machine that's going on around him. Yeah. He's the most sympathetic character in it, the most kind of Mm. relatable character in it, I think. Everyone else is very one-dimensional.
3: They made him look like a pedo though, didn't they? Oh, yeah. That's his downfall. That's why people don't like him. That
0: was
1: the design concept. <laughs> yeah.
0: You didn't like him even when you were supposed to sympathize with him at the beginning. You didn't really trust him either or like him that much. You just thought, oh, he's he's a bit down. His look, but he looks a bit of a creep. And then when he turns into a buddy, you're like, oh, yeah, well, he's an arsehole, so you don't really yeah. like him. Yeah, for me, I, I'd say I take all the elements of what you all say, but I, I still revisit it every now and again just, to, I don't know, maybe to torture myself, maybe just to try and wish it into a better movie than actually his. I don't know. I feel like it was a real missed opportunity for the Green Lantern, but I think, isn't it um, Nathan Fillion coming back? Guy Gardner, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah, and so not how Jordan. Superman film.
1: Mm. Well, he's going to be the green light bulb. <laughs> Quite
0: right. Yeah, so I look forward to that. I also think, like, when you look at the films that are coming out that summer, have Thor, which I've already mentioned, Captain America, The First Avenger, and X-Men First Class. I don't think it can, in those terms, it can't hold a candle to any of those films. Mm, It's a really stiff competition. Plus, Dark Knight and Dark Knight Rises, it came out between those two films as well. And obviously, the people responsible, producers responsible for Green Lantern were just trying too hard.
3: Yeah, that's the story of DC's films so far, isn't it? Trying too Mm, hard to catch up to Marvel and fucking it up.
1: Yeah. Instead of leaning into what makes them different and better. Yeah. What did you all make of
0: the CGI no, it's terrible.
3: Yeah, it's not good. I like the design though, like the the sequence on Oa when Hal first arrives with Tomari and goes flying around. I like all the design work, but yeah, the the actual CG is quite flat yeah. and lifeless and
0: cartoonish. Did you think the visualization of Oa itself was a bit underwhelming? Yeah, it was very grey, very grey,
2: lacking in scale and depth to me.
0: Mm. Yeah, I was like. 200 million and they can't create a world
2: where you're just going holy crap to me it's like when on bbc doctor who which has obviously a tv budget when they Mm. show you gallifrey it's kind of a desert with a snow globe in the middle that has a sort of citadel in it Mm. you feel like oh that's quite good for tv but if you try and envisage an alien world it's quite disappointing that it just has the one city in it and then it's just a rock and that's kind of the way i felt about oa in this it was just like 18 or 19 buildings, and they didn't really show you anything else.
1: You think about Avatar, which came out two years before this, and how yeah.
0: realised that world is. Yes. Right. Crazy. Mm, Apparently, they rushed the CGI in the end. Oh, well, you don't say. <laughs> and it wasn't finished properly, and then hence they
1: suffered. What were the uh, the Guardians? They just wait on OA, do they? Just wait for the meetings. Floating that yeah. tower, yeah. That's it, yeah. <laughs> They're just standing there. <laughs> <Yeah>. Floating about. <laughs>
2: that's a sci-fi trope though isn't it you know the yeah. uh, all-powerful overseers who
1: don't get involved in things yeah. yeah no no not those i mean the green latin Corps. they're, cool. they're all oh, just the standing corps. waiting for meetings every time how <laughs> right, yeah. john turns yeah. up they're all there raising their rings yeah Not at...
0: <laughs> yeah. right, yeah.
1: in the sectors looking after it right <laughs> that is odd
0: <laughs> anybody else would like to batter the shit out of this movie anymore before we move on to favorite <laughs> bits and favorite lines <laughs> I'm knackered do we all need like a a five minute nap
2: (laughs) there's a couple more things that are really illogical so like yeah go on only in bad movies do people drive miles for a two minute meeting which is something that Hector does he drives to meet his dad they have like a less than two minute conversation and he just leaves yeah nobody would do that in real life
1: yeah
2: this is set in 1993 but everybody looks like they're living in 1963 all the dads have the suits and the slick back hair and all the kids are dressed in their sunday best it's weird as fuck
3: is it really set in 1993? i
2: didn't
0: didn't clock that no it's set in 2011 it is it's set... no
2: no the flash that when he's young hal it's oh 98. the flashback
0: oh sorry that's what we mean. yeah oh, all yeah, yeah, yeah. oh, right so, okay. the dad's go got you, 50s go go pilot
1: go go jacket go. on exactly yeah. keep, <laughs> keep it warm for me, son yeah <laughs> i'll be back really soon i promise alive and well there's no <laughs> chance i'm going to die <laughs>
2: I like the visualisation of a lot of the constructs, like the chainsaw and other stuff, but when he does his first big green punch, I mean, those guys are dead, right? Yeah,
3: oh, yeah, definitely.
2: Absolutely fucking spines shattered. Internal organs and mush. (laughs) The worst thing that makes no sense, I mean, obviously, this is something from the comics, is that Sinestro sees that
0: fear corrupted Parallax. His thought is, why don't we try using fear? (laughs) <laughs> what? what do you mean? <laughs> the Guardians have already been, have had their fingers burnt with that, and they go, Yes, sound, let's make another one. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, Why? Every time I watch it, I'm just go, You're fucking stupid. You deserve to be destroyed.
1: The lot of you. <laughs> I wonder if that was developed more in the comics because it seemed really weird in the film. It just came out absolutely nowhere.
2: Uh, I doubt it. It's probably from like that, you know, Silver
0: Age where things like that didn't matter. Oh, I, see. I think Sinestro would have made a much better villain for this movie because that thread that runs through, he's always going, oh, let's make a ring of fear, come on, come on, and eventually they do and never get to use it. And then at the end... Yeah,
2: they could have done a
0: Last Jedi and killed off what you thought was the big bad halfway through and then actually
2: it's mm, Sinestro, that would have been yeah, cool.
1: Yeah. Do you reckon that wasn't the first time Sinestro's asked for a, a ring of fear? He just keeps asking him every time something comes up. He just goes, ring of fear.
0: Can I have a ring of fear, please? It was um, Parallax in the, or what Parallax used to be, wasn't it? So, and then he there was like, oh yeah, it'll be fine. yeah. And he was like, oh, ridiculous.
2: So another one that makes no sense to me is when Hector has got Andy Dufresne and (laughs) Vivica Fox at the lab, why does Hal show it? Andy how does friend. he know anything's happening there?
1: Oh, there's too many of those. To, if we yeah, start too listening big, through yeah, those kind yeah, of continuity yeah. things. It's...
2: But that one in particular, I was like, "What? Well, how, how the fuck did you know anything was happening here? It's like a secret lab.
0: I think if we go down this particular rabbit hole, we could be here for another 15 minutes. <laughs>
2: All right. And then just my one other big note, which I think is a real missed opportunity. And I think because this is a trope that I enjoy in films. Yeah. There's a bit where... Hal uses a satellite to try and batter parallax in space. Yeah. And they don't show you what satellite service he knocked out. Wouldn't that have been a fun little moment? You know, somebody's trying to watch yeah. like Jeopardy on cable and the satellite service yeah. goes out. Just a little yeah. bit of comet relief. And what I've written is it would have been fun to see what satellite service he knocked out, <laughs> which I guess is why we didn't see it.
3: Because <laughs> uh... God forbid
2: anything fun should happen in this fucking film. <laughs> <laughs>
0: And on that note, we shall move on to, uh, dare I say it, favourite sequences. And I think we'll start with Gaz. Well, I've gone for
3: something on Oa, which is the fight training with Killer Wog. Yeah. He was always one of my favourite lanterns in the Justice League animated series. And I think they not quite did him justice in the film, but it still jazzes me to see him there in quote unquote live action.
2: Yeah. yeah, Good. Craig. Well, what I've gone for is, and there's a caveat to this, I thought it was a lot of fun when he turned the flaming, crippled helicopter into a Hot Wheels car and put it on a Hot Wheels track. Yeah. But then as I was watching it, I thought, I thought this was fun, but now that I'm watching it, I'm not sure I'm having fun. (laughs) (laughs) It was a fun concept, but the fun dwindled very quickly
1: from it. Okay. (laughs) Excellent. Ben? So I've got one genuinely cool bit and then one that just made me laugh so hard that I love it okay the genuinely cool bit is where Hammond fires the beer tap into the helicopter I thought that was quite creative Mm. yeah a creative way of downing it yeah you know you'd never get caught for it no one would ever suspect you so that was very clever and then the bit that made me laugh was the scene with Hal and his nephew at the birthday party it felt like the scene from Dark Place where Dag's in with a little boy They should pay you a hero's wage. Because the nephew's like, they don't respect you enough, Hal. You're the best. You know you're the best. And he's like, yeah, I know I'm the best.
0: (laughs) I liked most of the stuff with Parallax. I'd say him busting out of his prison was one of my favourite bits, or possibly the bit where he gets caught under a net and then he takes the most powerful green lanterns to bits. Yeah
2: but not Sinestro for some reason, who I guess just hightails out of there.
0: Yeah, he just he just hides behind an asteroid and peeks out, doesn't he? And goes, oh. <laughs> but he doesn't believe in fear, yeah. only in will. Only in what's in my trousers, and they're quite squishy. <laughs> <laughs> right, uh, favourite lines. It's pretty slim pickings. <laughs> I have one. It's the Lantern
3: Oath, which I've always liked. It feels it's a like good the comic book equivalent to the Lord of the Rings thing. It's not an oath, is it? One ring to rule them all, all that shit. Three rings for the elves, wisest and
0: that stuff you mean. Mm.
3: Mm, yeah. Yeah. So the lantern oath. I'm going to try and do it from memory. Go on then. In brightest day, in blackest night, no evil shall escape my sight. For those who worship evil's might, beware my power, Green Lantern's light. Yeah, boy. That's it. Very yeah. good. Nailed Lovely.
2: It. That's a nice That's a nice rendition. One ring for the master and one for the dame. and One for the, for the little, little boy, who boy who lived down, down the lane. lane. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Here's a question for you. Is there ever any daylight on Oa? It seems like it was always dark.
2: It doesn't have an atmosphere, so it's just space, isn't it?
1: Well, then what are they talking about freaking daylight in their oath for? Oh, yeah.
3: Well, some of the planets in their sectors must have suns and daylight because part of his training is to not be sucked into the gravitational force of the sun, isn't
1: it? Bullshit. Bullshit.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Funny how uh, you think the sun's
2: impossibly colossal, don't you? You try and envision it. But whenever it's shown in a superhero movie, you know, the scale of it next to a, a human, it's just like it's a. Small, yeah. zorbing ball. <laughs>
1: like a hot zorbing ball. Yeah.
2: <laughs> Just set a zorb on fire and film that. <laughs> Go on then, Craig, what's your uh, favourite line? So it's when Blake Lively says that if it had been up to her, they would have gone with a guy called Jensen. And he says, yeah, I'd have gone with Jensen too, but unfortunately he's busy not being good enough. I thought that was quite a, a good little
0: bob. <laughs> Yeah, not bad at all. There There's a few little bits like that. I've got one of them as well myself, but I'll let Ben go first if he's got anything.
1: Mine is an exchange between Hal and Carol at this, the same like party where... Carol, that's her name. <laughs> Carol. Where Hammond takes down the helicopter. They're standing in front of the prop plane and Hal comes over and says, Nice. my dad used to train him I thought you were done
0: (laughs) (laughs) he was pausing for dramatic effect yeah (laughs) let me start
1: again there Craig oh man I honestly thought you were done that's incredible Hal comes over and says nice Carol says my dad used to train me in one and then Hal goes I was talking about the dress yeah smooth that made me laugh it reminded me of Job from Arrested Development when he's talking to Starla the business model (laughs) nice model (laughs) I meant you.
0: (laughs) (laughs) He's a charmer. As for me, I like when he's talking to Taike Watiti, and uh, there's an exchange between him, and then he's showing him his green lantern gear, and he says, he gave me this, and shows him a ring. He proposed? Boo. (laughs) 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 Oh,
3: wait, I have one more thing to add. During... Sinestro's first sequence, which I think must be with the Guardians. No, it's not. It's Abin Sir when he's crash landing to Earth and he's contacting them to say that he's dying and he's passing the ring on. I've written Sinestro's final line to Abin Sir. Sounds like he's saying, I've demanded an orgasm. (laughs) No idea what he actually said. (laughs) That's what it sounded like to me. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Parallax feeds on the fear of beings across the universe to grow stronger. He aims to create widespread fear, thereby increasing his power to a level where he can confront and destroy the Green Lantern Corps and the Guardians of the Universe, using his pawn Hammond on Earth to take care of Hal Jordan. Gaz, what do you think of the plan? It's okay. I probably would have if I was Parallax gone to
3: a planet that didn't have a lantern stationed on it there must be some because as as Mm. we discussed they're just always sat on over waiting for things to come to them seemingly but on the whole he seems like he knows what he's doing doesn't he he's had a lot of time to think about it Mm. in his prison Mm. and he's only really foiled because of this new whippersnapper upstart Saki lantern so (laughs) that's quite good Okay, Craig.
2: Yeah, I think it was it was going okay until he disintegrated slash consumed Hector Hammond would have made far more sense for him to keep his one human ally, potential mm. ally. Yeah. Since this is the first human that his kind have, have encountered, apparently. So I think that was that was his main undoing. Apart from that, you can't really account for Hal Jordan's Hitherto unseen levels of willpower that he couldn't muster up until the moment called for it. Good old humans, eh?
0: Yeah, all oh, the plucky old humans, always pulling out the bag
1: at the last minute. Oh, oh, tell you, Ben. The plan in itself overall wasn't bad. It's hard to judge because the film is bad, <laughs> and so many so many things just happen for apparently no reason. That it's Craig mentioned earlier. Hal just turns up at the science lab. How does he know? maybe his ring was flashing i don't know who uh-huh. because of those elements it's hard to judge the flaws of the plan that well mm. i'm going to give it five florets of broccoli because i think he he was pretty mm-hmm. close
2: is it green broccoli?
1: No, oh, it's the yellow broccoli of fear. Yeah, it's yes, <laughs> no. exactly. Oh. Yeah, of course. Keep
2: it away. It's like the episode of Futurama where Fry defeats the brains by rewriting the plots of the novels that they're in. Mm. I'm going away now for no reason. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I thought his plan was fairly solid, but I'd agree with the sentiments of getting rid of Hammond just because he was a bit cheesed off, really, wasn't he? Mm. And I think, instead of getting rid of Hammond, maybe you should have kept him and got some more, which uh, might form part of my plan in a little while. Mm.
1: Mm. Some more Hammonds, like the guy from Top Gear. Hello, John. Hello, John. Hello, John.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Parallax's plan ultimately fails due to the heroic efforts of Hal Jordan, who overcomes his own fear and doubt harnesses the power of will and defeats parallax by luring him into the gravitational pull of the sun from which he cannot escape the great big lump that he is so now it's that time we've all been waiting for and why i've chosen this film our own plans can we do any better ben
1: what have you got for us Parallax is seen inside Hammond's bulbous mind. He knows what Hal Jordan's weaknesses are and exactly how to exploit them. He knocks up a convincing construct of Hal Jordan and sends him to Earth. Then he hides behind the moon for a bit and commands Hammond to hide near Carol's place. Once the construct Hell arrives, he also heads to Carol's place and gets straight to a wooing. <laughs> he knocks on the balcony window to get her <laughs> attention and starts to dance seductively. (laughs) He moves slowly and deliberately, his body undulating to some unheard rhythm. He makes eye contact with Carol, his gaze full of promise. He beckons her toward him. Oh, Hal, what do you like? laughs Carol as she sashays over. They stand close, their bodies pressed together, swaying softly. His hands glide over her body, sending shivers of pleasure down her spine. He gently spins her. As she faces away from him, he gets her in a full Nelson (laughs) and zooms (laughs) down to where Hammond is waiting. Hammond proceeds to inject her with his creamy yellow essence matter. When good Hal returns from one of his pointless outings, he is confronted by Construct Hal, Hammond and Carol, who is now evil, but not yet bulbous. Playing the part of the damsel in distress, she shouts, Help me, Hal! These bad bastards are really naughty! Construct Hal then flies up into space with Carol, who continues screaming and whinging about the terrible day she's having. (laughs) Good Hal naturally follows. The high-speed pursuit takes them past Mars, past Jupiter, even past Saturn. Once Parallax sees the group past the moon, he sneaks out from his hiding place, and devours Earth, thus gaining enough power to defeat the Guardians. Which he almost doesn't manage to do, but then he does.
2: (laughs) (laughs) When you started, I thought you were going to do Serrano de Bergerac. (laughs) You know, when you said, Hector hides in the bushes and Hal goes to the balcony, I thought it was going to be like, Hector telling Hal what to say, say these romantic lines.
1: So, listen to this, Craig. This is a little bit I cut. Here we go. Okay, go on then. Oh, Carol, your hair is as soft as a ghost whisper, (laughs) says Construct Hell, when Carol comes to the balcony. Your nose is as small and round as a newborn penis. (laughs) 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 Your eyes like two medium cups of blue drink. I long for you. I need you. We belong together. Come with me, and I'll show you what our future could be. And then underneath it <laughs> says, if questioned on Construct Hell speaking, claim Cyrano de Bergerac. <laughs> Very nice. <laughs> Wonderful. My question
2: then is, how does Parallax make a Construct how? Because Parallax does not have a powering, And as far as I've seen, his powers don't include making constructs of things. They just seem to
0: be like telekinesis.
1: So I think he can make constructions because I did a bit of research on Parallax.
0: Oh, Okay. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's the same way as um, the Green Lanterns can, can make constructs, isn't it? He's harnessing the power of fear, though, whereas they're using a ring to channel the power
1: of willpower, aren't they? The green power of willpower. Why doesn't he do it, then? They couldn't afford the CG. They'd blown it all on Hot Wheels. Oh, right, yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's Blew it. it. There's hot, it.
0: hot Wheels. That was about $50 million. Okay. I enjoyed that, especially the additional content at the end uh, that was teased out here. So, uh, yeah. very good. Any Any further questions? We shall have gas.
3: I may be a massive pile of space sludge with a face, but I'm still going to need to bulk up if I want to defeat the Green Lantern Corps. I need loads of egg whites to help me gain muscle mass, and the <laughs> added bonus of the White Lantern holding the power of life, because egg whites, White Lantern. That's what I was thinking. (laughs) And I think they just do cartons of that sludge, don't they? Pretty sure they do in America, at least, if not elsewhere. In any case, Mega Muscle and World Life Force. Yes, please. Whilst I'm chowing on some wags and hitting the weights, I shall simply project a series of hell of a scary horror movies over planet Earth to create a mass state of fear. Your Nightmare on Elm Street, your Evil Dead, your Hammer Horrors and what have you. That fear's good eating, along with the good eating of the eggs, and I am now built like a brick shithouse. <laughs> I then absolutely tear arse, and I mean bomb it, over to Oa to greet the lantern corps with an eardrum-splitting BOO! <laughs> <laughs> you should see their faces as the fear overwhelms them in an instant. And I gain the power of all 3,600 green lanterns. I'm roided off my tits now. And it's an absolute cinch to mosey on over to the Guardian's throne room, question mark, and floss my pointy overbite with them until their bodies simply fall to pieces. <laughs> I can do them all simultaneously, naturally, as I have a dead big gob and loads of arms too, probably. For the piesta résistance, I simply fart out the Guardian's remains into the gravitational pull of the nearest sun to make super-duper sure that they are fully destroyed. And they are... And then I do a very big laugh. <laughs> a very big
1: laugh indeed. Very nice. <laughs> wow. It's a shame that, Gaz, because in space no one can hear you laugh.
0: Oh.
3: Oh. oh. Damn blast.
1: Maybe you can create like
0: a, a, an artificial atmosphere around yourself just so for that particular moment. They
2: actually do that in this, don't they? Because they have a scene in space where they are—they have dialogue. So it's because yeah. mm. they project an aura around them from the ring, don't they? So they can communicate
3: that way. Mm. Well, there we are. Problem solved.
2: That was quite close to my first idea that I ditched. Because the first oh. thought I had is, okay, you want to increase the fear. And what I thought is, mm. so I've seen a film where they want to increase will, goodwill, to be you know, in point of fact. Goodwill hunting? No, it's uh, Ghostbusters (laughs) 2 when they take the Statue of Uh, the Beast in New York.
1: Because the the news reacts to it.
2: Yeah. What's the fear version of that? And I think Gaz has nailed it. I think uh, my favourite part is that he says, boo, that's that's brilliant. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Which we all know is terrifying. Right.
3: But he's massive, so it'd be really loud. And they'd be like, (laughs) what? Yeah, he's roided off his tits.
0: (laughs) If somebody of smaller stature said Boo to you, you wouldn't be bothered. But then if somebody the size of a planet said Boo in a boomy voice, (laughs) then you'd be
1: quite uh,
0: unnerved.
1: It wouldn't be the Boo that would be the terrifying part, to be honest. It would be the massive creature (laughs) that said it.
0: Right. The Boo would be the straw that broke the camel's back, wouldn't it, really?
1: Right. uh, Fair enough. So does Parallax devour the humans or does he just project horror movies? He projects the
0: horror movies
3: to induce fear. Which then rises up into the air. All oh, right, and he just sort of scoops it up with a sludgy butterfly net. <laughs> it's a
1: bit like the water cycle is kind of it evaporates and then precipitates.
3: Ah, uh, yeah, yeah.
1: Do we see any evidence of that in the film, or is that just something you've assumed happens? It's something that I think is logical. You see the will kind of
2: just coming to Owen oh, in waves, right? They get will. Somehow, osmosis. Okay. Doesn't really explain how they get it, but they get it. I suppose where there's a will, there's a way. (laughs)
1: Uh, That wasn't a joke. No, that was factually accurate.
0: (laughs) Excellent. Well, two very good plans so far. Are are you going to make it three for three, Craig?
2: Parallax is powered by fear, the source of the yellow light. But fear alone is not strong enough to defeat will, the source of the green light. In the DC universe, there are many different colours of lantern core. The indigo light of compassion The blue light of hope. The violet light of love. (laughs) The orange light of avarice. And the red light of rage. Parallax surmises that none of these forces alone is powerful enough to dominate any other. And so he sets out to unify the colours into one great spectrum. He envisions a rainbow lantern, or perhaps a white lantern. It's not long before Parallax has mixed the colours and forged a new power ring, becoming the first brown lantern. (laughs) (laughs) It wasn't what he expected, but he felt a power well beyond that of a mere green lantern. He focused his mind, and made his first brown construct. A huge turd emerged from his ring, (laughs) casting a shadow across Uranus. (laughs) Then the solar system, then the whole Milky Way. It stank. It stank of shit. Real no-fooling shit. Everyone could smell how shitty it was from a mile off, and when they looked to Green Lantern for help, they saw that he was caked in shit, head to toe, (laughs) unable to escape the shittiness. The Brown Lantern drowned the whole DC universe in shit, sinking everything with one
0: massive plop. Excellent. Finito. Finito. Oh, wow. That's very succinct. Very nice. Very nice. And you have made it three for three. That's going to be an extremely difficult choice for me this evening.
1: Brown lantern. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Do constructs have an odour?
2: Yes, if you want them to. If you have the power of the brown lantern. Maybe a green lantern doesn't have the power to produce a shitty (laughs) stink, but a brown lantern, Ooh. he can can produce a shitty stink. (laughs) Have you seen this film?
1: (laughs) Mm-hmm. i want to more than anything
2: <laughs> maybe we should make it
1: brown lantern has anyone done it brown
0: lantern yeah like a really shit lantern i
1: think we would get done for if we call it brown lantern we'll call it brown light bulb or something yeah surely they don't have
2: a uh, fucking copyright on the word lantern
1: yeah i think you can get away with it couldn't you as long, as long
0: as the the bits to do with the power where he got his power from and as long as he went chucked he could like charge up like a portaloo or something where he gets his ring from. puts his, <laughs> his ring to a portaloo and charges it. Up. <laughs> <laughs> or he has to read
2: the book by the toilet to charge it. Up.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> the comics count. Yeah, definitely. Yes. Okay, yeah. good. Few. <laughs> Everyone likes a comic on the bog. Oh yeah. Right. I used to have oh, yeah. Garfield comics next to my bog. Yeah, that's some good reading. All right, any further questions for Craig? Just one? Just one. What does Parallax use to wipe <laughs> his
2: ring? He wipes his <laughs> ring with a, a a construct of brown paper, of course.
0: Brown paper? <laughs> well, not, not a flushable uh, wipe.
2: <laughs> it doesn't need to flush. He just sort of lets
0: it drift in space. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay. No further questions from me. No further questions, so I shall punch our tickets and get us on the train home. Using just a smidge of his colossal being, Parallax manages to bestow huge telepathic powers on a mere mortal human, namely Hector Hammond. With this in mind, Parallax decides to send little bits of himself to thousands of worlds at a time these little intelligent bits of him still essentially fall under the influence and control of Parallax. He commands them to enter the body of a living host and quickly spread fear and then consume that power by any means necessary. While Big Daddy Parallax continues to slowly consume entire planets and keeps the lanterns distracted, slowly chipping away at their combined strength, his little minions are gradually infesting. Just like Hammond, these new legions of Parallax quickly become the most powerful beings on each world, sometimes growing themselves in power, sometimes creating more agents of fear to cause confusion and panic. Occasionally, they are defeated by some lanterns, but Parallax hardly raises a cosmic eyebrow. His minions are too numerous for the casualties to make a difference. With the Green Lantern core already depleted, and the reports of the new threats on worlds across the universe, the lanterns are stretched thin and in disarray. Parallax plan has worked. Sensing his moment has come, Parallax calls for his fear vassals to him. As he absorbs them into himself, he swells in size and power, eventually descending on Oa. Parallax's huge form, engorged by his minions, evokes a terrible yeah. sense of doom on the inhabitants of the planet, and he consumes all that attempt to flee. The Guardians themselves are rocked by self-doubt and fear for the first time. As Parallax sweeps aside the last remnants of the lanterns on Oa, the final showdown with the Guardians is on. Parallax brings all his fear to bear, crushing the willpower of the Guardians in a tsunami of terror, stripping them to pieces like hot-buttered corn on the cob. Delicious. Mm-hmm.
3: I've never actually put better on corn on the cob. Oh, better
0: on corn
1: on the cob is... Oh, oh it's amazing.
0: I just thought there was the yellow power of fear, and when he's stripping them, the yellow power out of them, they go yellow. So I just thought, what's what veg is yellow? It's like, oh, corn. So it's just corn on the cob. Better on corn's amazing. Yeah.
2: Wouldn't he, in the course of sending off little bits of himself across mm-hmm. the universe, wouldn't mm-hmm. he shrink? And when they returned
0: to him, he would just return to the
2: same size, you know, without the benefit of roids.
0: No, he's absolutely massive, so he can send off, you know, that that bit that gets in Hammond is, like, tiny, isn't it? It's absolutely tiny. So he just sends off thousands of bits like that, and he's already the size of, like, a small moon, essentially, isn't he? Like the Death Star or something. So he just sends off loads of bits everywhere, (laughs) and then when they come back, they're inside hosts. Some of them are swollen in power themselves, and he just absorbs that like he would his victim sort of thing. Is he that big? I
2: thought he was only kind of, you know, the size of a Zorb. Something like a zorb size? No, he's
0: massive, isn't he? Well, he's pretty big. He covers that entire city, doesn't he? Does he? Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: I must have uh, I must have nodded off.
0: Yeah, <laughs> that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> when they've all done their sucking out of the, the powers and all the telepathy and they've grown in power, then that's when he and he senses his moments come. He pulls them all back in, su- sucks all their power in, grows in size, and then that's it. Should we say for scale that Hal is the size
2: of a garden pea, mm-hmm. and relative to how parallax is the size of a corn cob. <laughs> and he takes off one corn to send to each planet. At the end, isn't he going to be like a one of those really small corn cobs that you get? No, he's not. Because I just said that, that well, the bit that infects Hammond is tiny. No, I understand that. Yeah, But if you want lots of Hammonds across lots of worlds, then you have to have lots of small bits. And eventually, lots of small bits add up, don't they? The
1: bits aren't corn-sized bits. So yeah. imagine one kernel of corn split into a thousand pieces that's what he sends out
2: yeah i'm just trying to figure out how that makes him bigger when they come back
1: because they've engorged the energy from their respective planets
2: Uh, okay got it that makes sense They've each become like a mini yeah. corn cob on a lolly stick. And when they return to the main cob...
0: Right. You, uh, I, <laughs> this is clearing it up lovely. I think I shouldn't have put in corn on the cob at the end of my plan because it's really, it's obviously affected you in ways I didn't intend. <laughs> no, it's working for me
2: now. Now I can see a really long corn cob is getting bigger because the, the lolly stick go. corn cobs returning to it are, are making it longer. Yeah. I get it now.
0: Oh, there you go. Good. It sounds like
3: we're getting into the uh, the GM feeds controversy of the early 2000s. Right, yeah. Yes,
0: yeah, Frankenstein foods, yeah. EU wants you
2: wants to bend your corn cobs. That's
1: what they want. Oh God, yeah. Straight and honest, Cinemaster. There are elements of your plan that sounded like a Mills and Boone novel. <laughs> really? There's a lot of engorging. <laughs> <laughs> Swollen, I believe I heard. Yeah. Is there any reason for that?
0: Engorged? I, I only said it once.
1: Yeah, there was a part of it where it sounded like you were describing a penis.
0: <laughs> what? What was that then? It sounded like you were, you were
3: smacking your lips and your lips... Wait a right. minute, <laughs> wait <laughs> a, a minute. What? Uh, tell me engorged. exactly
0: which part of my plan talks <laughs> like, sounds like filth. The tongue around the glands bit sounded <laughs> quite... <laughs> <laughs> going to town on his balls. Was that the bit? <laughs> yeah. That bit I, I
2: maybe took out of context. Maybe it's not the double Tendre I thought it was.
0: I was talking about him <laughs> pumping up his footballs that were a bit deflated. Oh, I see. I see. <laughs> so what do we think there, folks? Some truly, deviously diabolical schemes. In summary, we had Ben's Hal Jordan doppelganger, Gaz's Parallax on Roids, and Craig's Brown Lantern, and of course my own Parallax on Corner of the Cob. Craig, who have you voted for? I have voted
3: for Boo Gaz. Yeah, very <laughs> good. Very good. Gaz, who have you voted for? I have voted for,
1: boom, Ben. Oh, (laughs) yes. (laughs) Ben, who have you voted for? I have voted for Quail's Big Turd. (laughs) Ah, Very good. And it's only me coming home without
0: the goods this week. I have voted for Gaz.
1: (laughs) Hooray. Oh, good week for Gaz.
0: Uncommonly good.
1: Very good week for
0: plans. I've got to say, your your three plans were really, really super duper. And I was hoping for some excellent plans to come out of a shit film.
2: (laughs) I made myself laugh again, like I did with Body Double. (laughs) I can't imagine. And Dark Crystal. I made myself laugh when we did Dark Crystal as well. I was just. (laughs) Yeah, that's a good
3: one. (laughs) <laughs> I just sat
2: there this afternoon, just tittering at uh, a turd comes out of his ring. <laughs> <laughs> like a little
3: titmouse. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, I tried to tell her about it and she laughed a little bit, but I was like, oh, I don't care. I think it's hilarious.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I get that. When walking the dog, I, I tell me about my plan. She's like,
0: it's going to be good. <laughs>
1: <laughs> what are you
0: doing with your life, guys? <laughs> <laughs> right. So, Gaz, how's that affected the scoreboards this week?
3: A little bit of a change this week. In first place with 11 points is Craig. In second place with 10 points is the Cinemaster. In third place with 9 points is me. Wanker. And... Finally, with six points, is Ben. Ah. Ooh. So what, I'm bloody catching up. Yep, narrowing
0: the gap. Five points from top to bottom separating everybody. Yeah. That's a spicy meatball. Mamma mia. Next week, Gaz has the honour of selecting his pick film, which will be Gaz. Well now, if my maths are correct,
3: next week's episode will release on October the 30th which is very close to October the 31st, <gasps> the <gasps> day of which is Halloween. <clears throat> and so the most appropriate film that I can think of for the day before Halloween is John Carpenter's
0: Halloween.
2: Ooh, Ooh. A halloween treat
0: from the master of horror himself. Mm-hmm. That's good treat,
1: Like a pumpkin pie. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and that brings us to the end of this week's episode. Thank you for listening, and I hope you've enjoyed yourselves as much as we have. If you have, please leave us a five-star review wherever you get your podcast from. And don't forget to follow us so that you never miss an episode. You can also follow us across social media on at DiabolicalPod. So until next time, dear listeners, how did we end up so different?
1: May the good Lord shine a green light on you. (laughs) Make every song your favorite tune. May the good Lord shine a yellow light on you. Mm, Like the evening sun. Relight my green fire. Your ring is my only
0: desire.
1: Bill Murray was close on that one. Yeah, he
0: was. Yeah, he certainly got the hand strength. I've shaken his hand once and uh I tell you, it's like a vice.
1: He just didn't have the silky smooth hair. <laughs> yeah. All the bandanas.
0: I'll
3: pull
1: up for my documents. And everybody... The rat
0: has got my documents.
1: That's what Gas calls his pants. <laughs> <laughs> they were round his ankles up until this point. <laughs> <laughs> I said the same
0: thing to Petra. I said, oh, I've, I've written this plan. And I said, oh, do you want to hear it? And she's, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll... It, just in a minute and she'll go make herself brew and then and, and she'll come and sit back down and I started telling her and she's just like, what, what, yeah. I was like, oh, never mind. <laughs> and I was like, a couple of sentences in and she's just like, I was like, forget about it. Don't worry. About it. Eyes widening in horror. <laughs> Not our audience. I know, I know. I don't think she's ever listened to an episode ever. It was like, um, like when I sent, you sent those, uh, those cushions last year and she was like, <laughs> she was like it's <laughs> Jeff Goldblum from Jurassic <laughs> Park. She was like, don't get it <laughs> in cushion form. In cushion form, I know. Yeah, Eli still loves it, and he but goes, "Who is that man?" Form. I've told you loads of times. <laughs> 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 Bow. Bow. Bow.
1: <laughs> 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 what <laughs> that's the exorcist <laughs> i know <laughs> i was just wondering if you've been getting lonely out on the boat that's all no.
0: <laughs> no well i'm on a boat with other men so you know when you're on a boat with other men you never get bored if you know
1: what i mean there's a hell of a lot of engorging In going on the
0: Navy. <laughs> there's a lot of engorging going on below decks let me tell you
1: <laughs> about until
0: next week keep it warm for me if you can't keep it warm <laughs> keep it to yourself <laughs>